Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Hi there. I want to tell you about my webinars that are going to be coming up every month. I want you to check out my website and see what this month's webinar topic is and sign up. The format is going to be the same every month, even though the topics are going to change. It's going to be a huge variety of career-related topics. I'm going to give you a deep dive into content about that topic for about 30 minutes, and then you're going to have a chance for 30 minutes of Q&A in the chat box while I'm, I'm teaching you. You can ask me a question, and then if you're really brave, and I hope you will be, you can be volunteered to coach live on that month's topic. So you can raise your hand and I'll coach you. I want to give you that URL so that you can go to my website, see what the next topic is and sign up. So go to http colon backslash backslash. Nope. So go to my website at exclusivecareercoaching.com forward slash webinar sign up see what this month's topic is, see when and, and, and what time it is, sign up and, uh, and get in there and participate with me. I look forward to having you there. Thanks. So welcome career managers. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. I have with me my guest today, Jane Springer, and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself. The first thing I want you to know is that when I do a fifth uh, week in the month, I always do something a little bit fun. So I wanted this to be kind of a little bit different and hopefully we're going to have a, a lot of fun today. Jane is a pretty good friend of mine as well as a colleague. And so hopefully you'll enjoy this. So Jane, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, hi, Lisa, and thanks so much for having me on your podcast. This is really a lot of fun. So uh, my qualifications, I am a certified life coach, but I am also a style coach. And something that is really a passion for me has been a passion for me since I was uh, preteen, I think. I was reading Glamour magazine um, and 17 and just kept on through the years of just loving fashion. I like to help people change the way they look and change the way they feel about themselves when they present themselves to others. And that could be for jobs. It could be to um, find a partner who I, I work with a lot of clients who are looking for a partner, but they're not quite sure how to dress for the part. And so I have a variety of style clients and I enjoy every minute of it. Excellent. And I think it's appropriate, Jane, as we record this, because we're actually doing this face-to-face, -face, that we're standing in what I like to call my podcast closet, which is actually my clothes closet. So we were actually discussing my wardrobe that's surrounding us as we were talking. <laughs> and I must say, Lisa, you've done a great job of culling through your closet and getting rid of things that no longer fit or no longer in style and making room for new and more exciting things in your wardrobe. Yes, I'm so excited. Jane and I are going to do a shopping trip for me and in the next couple of months when it really starts to warm up here in Florida. Um, as I may have shared with you guys before, I've lost quite a bit of weight in the last year. And uh, while I still have a bit more to go, I it's time. Nothing really fits and there's very little left in the wardrobe. So I'm looking forward to to doing that. And one of my favorite offerings that I do for clients is to take people from the town that we are in over to Jacksonville, which is a much larger city and with much more 
shopping opportunities. And this is really my premier offering where you get all the coaching you want from here to Jacksonville and back, any kind of life coaching you want or style coaching. Then we spend the day uh, shopping in Jacksonville, having lunch, and then driving back. And so it's a lot of fun and it's always very productive. Excellent, excellent. So what we specifically wanted to talk talk about a little bit today is the interview attire and kind of check in and see if that's still kind of if the old school is still the current school. Um, when I worked in higher education up until about 2011, I would do a lot of work with my college students to get them ready for their first job interviews and we would have career fairs and I would do a lot of dress to impress kind of programs um, on campus and that's something I don't do um, anymore. And so my first question, Jane, is is the formal interview suit that I think of when I think of interview attire, is that still the go-to outfit for interviews or has that changed? Well, it absolutely depends on who you're interviewing with, where you're interviewing. If you're interviewing for a job at a bank, say, or a Fortune 500 company or a large corporation, you most likely would want to invest in a suit, but you can change it up and make it more formal, less formal. So I still think that a good suit is a good investment. And that's applicable for men and women, Jenny? Men and women. Men and women. So mm-hmm. still need that that proper interview suit. So what are the when you think about men and how they dress for interviews, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see the dudes doing? What I see is either the suit is ill-fitting, like it looks like it was their father's suit or something they bought at Goodwill. No offense to Goodwill, but... Um, that it it just doesn't fit. It's either too big and baggy or it may be too tight across the shoulders or, um, you know, the pants may have triple pleats in the front. I mean, just not not stylish at all and not current. So I would say ill-fitting is the top. Sure, sure. And, and it's expected that guys are going to have that thing tailored. It's not expected to be wearable off the rack, is it? No, not rarely does it just fit off the rack. And um, you may have to get, the men may have to get a larger size to fit their shoulders, and then the pants would be too baggy. So definitely a good tailor is important to have. And then they have the athletic cut suits, as I understand it, for men who are uh, maybe broader across the shoulders, have worked out a lot, that kind of thing. Right. And now the style for men in suits, if you look at the magazines, you look at people on TV, they have cut down Mm -hmm. the suits. And my husband and I like to call those suits baby suits because they look too short to me in the length of the jacket and in the length of the pants. To me, unless you're in a sort of artistic field, I would uh, be a bit on the conservative side for those. You can be stylish without having it look like it's too small. Yeah, that's an interesting point because I'm seeing the same thing and they I think you have to be very very careful with those suits so that they fit absolutely properly because they can look like you've grown out of the suit and you're still wearing it. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. So the biggest mistake for the guys is they just haven't had it properly tailored. The show, the sleeves are the wrong length, too baggy, maybe they've got the the old school pleats in the pants and the thing is just not fitting them properly. They're not going to make a great impression in the interview mm-hmm. dressed like that. And the other thing um, that I think of in terms of men and wearing a suit is that they are a little bit too boring, that they don't show their personality at all. 
and they're super, super conservative in it. Now, again, it would depend on where they're interviewing, but there are ways that you can accessorize and bring more of your personality into it and um, make you look a little bit more successful and dynamic rather than boring. And certainly my sales and marketing folks who are my primary audience, they really want that personality to shine because to a large degree, that's what they're selling to the employer. Exactly. They Well, they want their clients. They want to make an impression on people. And people make very quick assumptions mm -hmm. about the type of person you are, the way you project yourself. And so first impressions are super important. Absolutely. So what about the biggest mistakes that you see in women's interview attire? When I used to do training on this, one of the things I would say to the girls is, you know, the guys, it's a fairly narrow box in which they have to work when it comes to interviews. So they can, they really can't screw it up nearly as bad as we ladies can. So what do you see in terms of the mistakes that the women make? One mistake I see with the women is they show too much. <laughs> yes. Um, Either they wear a sleeveless dress um, that may be just a little bit too tight, or they the in the front, they the cut in the front, mm -hmm. the V neck is is much too low. It's very distracting, and it takes away from who they are and their professionalism. And I think that that's a good point, Jane, not only for interview attire and then what you wear on a daily basis to work, but when I think of you know, your professional photograph maybe that you have on LinkedIn or, you know, if you kind of mix business and pleasure on your Facebook page, there really is no place in those venues for showing too much cleavage. No, and while we're talking about um, your photos on your LinkedIn and also on a website or anything like that, it's important to be consistent, not only just professional, but consistent. You don't want a too casual picture on LinkedIn. Um, you don't want, you know, you're going to have people looking at your Facebook page. They're going to be investigating you and who you are. So to always project the best of you in all those venues. Exactly, exactly. So the women are just showing a little bit, uh, there's just too much information right. right? going on. And the other thing I would say maybe would be the dresses are too short mm -hmm. to the knee just below the knee, right at the knee, I would say still is the right spot to to hem your skirts to. And I've even heard from lawyers who say in court that they see many <laughs> who are presenting in court a case where the dress is too short, the cleavage is too much, and it just um, takes away from their professionalism and has people focusing on where they shouldn't be focusing. Exactly. I have I have two very vivid memories when I was at the last university that I worked at in Northeast Missouri. Both of them related to career fairs with the, with women. And one was a girl coming to the career fair, and her skirt was so short. I where I was sitting I was manning a like an information table on one floor and then we had employers on that floor and then the students had to walk up a flight of stairs to the other employers and I watched her walk up the flight of stairs and she was obviously very cognizant of how short her skirt was because she had a handful of her resumes in one hand and she took them and put them behind her um, behind her behind as she walked up the stairs because she was with a group and the guys you know 
they filed, filed in behind her. No surprise there. The other thing that I remember so clearly was a girl whose skirt was so short, she was wearing pantyhose. And you know how pantyhose um, have that band up towards the top. You could see the band below the skirt. So both of those are, you know, if you were thinking about sort of tips that help you to know that your skirt is too short, um, those those would be it. But now on that line, you don't have to wear a skirt at all, right? You can, you can no, wear pants. No, you can wear pants, but back to the skirt for a second. <laughs> when you're, you need to do the sit down um, experiment and yes. see, sit down in a chair in front of a mirror and see what you can see or not see because your skirt needs to be able to stay at your knee when you're um, in the interview. Now, pants, you can wear pants these days. And if you're self-conscious about your legs, pants are totally fine. And um, I would make sure, again, just like we had the problem with the men, make sure that they fit properly, that they're long enough, that they're not too tight, that they don't ride down or ride up, because you really want to be comfortable, but professional when you're doing an interview or um, meeting with clients. You want to be able to be comfortable and not worry about whether your skirt's too short or, you know, your pants are riding up or riding down in the back. So fit, again, is key. Is key, yeah. I, I, I used to use that same mirror trick with my students. Sit right in front of the mirror and you'll see what the employer will see or whoever's on the other side of the table. And if you don't like what you see, don't get that skirt. Um, there was another uh, tip that I used to give that was would have been so helpful to me before I had the interview when I went to Northeast Missouri. I did not know this trick then. But whenever I was looking for suits to buy or really any kind of workwear, especially if I wanted it to not be wrinkled, something I just, you know, I really didn't want to be all bunched up and wrinkled looking after I'd worn it for a little while. When it's still on the hanger in the store, I will take a handful of that fabric and I will bunch it and I will count to 12 and then I will let go. And if that is, if that fabric is bunched up, then I know that's going to be a wrinkly fabric. I didn't know that. And so I wore this one suit and in the way that my interview was structured, I was going to meet. So I was getting off the plane and being met by my prospective employer. So I dressed in that first suit, not knowing how wrinkled it was going to be. And I was a mess, right? I felt so unkept. And so they, he takes me to the hotel and lets me freshen up before he takes me over to campus. And so what do I do? I, I take that suit off immediately and pull out the iron and start ironing. And then of course I was wrinkled again by the time I got to campus. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a good thing to check. Um, knits are good. A lightweight wool is good. Really with a, the same um, points don't exactly apply to a woman because you can it's still, I still think it's good to have a really good basic suit, but if you want to switch it up and use it in a different way, like you, if you wanted to have a sheath dress and then with a jacket over it, that's perfectly acceptable these days as long as it um, works well, to, the two work well together. I think in an interview situation now, you don't have to absolutely have to have a suit. And um, even if you do, but if you do have a suit, Make sure that you personalize it and, and show your personality with it. You don't want to, you want to stand out. You don't want to stick out. Exactly. So when it comes <clears throat> to buying these clothes, what tips can you give people in terms of, you know, it can be specific stores that they need to go to or what do they do once they get there? For example, one of the pieces of advice I would always give my students was, 
wherever you go, go during the day, during the week, because that's typically when the full-time, you know, quote-unquote real employees are there, and plus it's not going to be as crowded, so you're much more likely to get more professional, more one-on-one help than you would on a Saturday afternoon at the mall. Mm-hmm. So that's one tip that I would give. What what else can you share? Well, that's a really good tip. And, you know, there aren't as many people going to the mall these days, <laughs> and so... What I would suggest is to actually go to some brick-and-mortar stores, try on some things at those times of day is great. Saturdays are tough because the the salespeople are going to be busy and they won't have the time to devote to you. But if that's when you can go, that's when you can go. The other thing is you can go online, and now the online stores have pretty good size charts with measurements so you can take a pretty good stab at an outfit like if you live in a place that does not have good brick and mortar stores to go to you can try the online thing on various websites and then you'll know from then once you try on a few of them and also you can order a size up and a size down at the same time you can always return the other Mm -hmm. one and avoid having to go back and forth, back and forth, but take advantage of the size charts that are on the uh, website. Also, you know, there's there are services like Stitch Fix. Now, it's a little bit of a shot in the dark uh, because the stylists that work for them don't really know you. So I don't want to toot my own horn, but it is good to have somebody <laughs> who can actually give you an unbiased opinion and a professional appraisal of what what you're wearing and how good it would look in terms of meeting with clients or in an interview. And I think also there's benefit in having someone who will push you a little bit outside of your comfort zone and get you to try things that you otherwise wouldn't. I know when there were three of us that went shopping together one day with you and I had some real specific needs and the other woman needed kind of entire outfits and she had pretty narrowly defined her comfort zone and you really were gently but definitely pushing her outside of that you want to talk about that a little bit yes you know you you have your own perceived ideas I think when you go shopping of what you think will look good on you Mm -hmm. and certain brands that you will wear and certain things that won't look good on you and so it's good to have someone who does push you a little bit because I found that once when we were out shopping, once I got her to try on some things that were outside her comfort zone, she loved it. Mm -hmm. And she really lit up when she goes, wow, this, you know, this really does look good on me. You know, I never would have put this together. I never would have tried on this or that. And while we're on that subject, I mean, even a stylist like me, when I go shopping, my husband is, is very fashion conscious. And so I take him with me when we're in different cities big cities trying on things and he pushes me to try on things that are outside my comfort zone maybe in a color I wouldn't normally choose or a a pattern I wouldn't normally choose and a lot of times turns out looking great but it, it definitely helps to have somebody push your push your limits a little bit. Yeah, she had on some some frayed edge jeans the other day at a meeting, and I said, Fred picked those out, didn't he? And she yes, said, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I could Exactly, tell. but I love them, you know, so, you know, just be a tad bit adventurous when you're out shopping because it, you never know. You may find something that you really like. And I think that's particularly important in a situation like mine where I've lost so much weight. Um, I think that 
you can really be, uh, what do they call it, body dysmorphia. Like you really don't know what you look like. You don't have an objective opinion. Um, you may actually be seeing yourself still in the old body. So really having somebody who can who can give you feedback on how you look now in an outfit is important. Definitely, because you have a certain perception of how you look. And each time I see you, I, I generally go, wow, you know, you, I can tell that you've lost some weight and it's time for us to buy some new clothes and stuff like that. And you may not even have really noticed how much of a difference there is. And so definitely that's a good point. Very cool. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit, um, sort of said about, you know, brands that you're that you like. Um, what's the benefit in sort of finding those stores, those departments within the store, those specific clothing brands that will be a good fit for someone in sort of being able to cut to the chase going forward? Mm -hmm. Now that I think about it, I didn't mention particular brands, but for suits, I would say Banana Republic, Talbot's, Ann Taylor, those are, you know, just some examples that that generally still carry mm -hmm. suits and Dillard's have... Dillard's still has Dillard's, suits. exactly, um, and Macy's, those kinds of places. And once you experiment and find out, you will notice that in certain stores, the things, the outfits fit better and, and suit you, no pun intended, um, suit you better than other stores. And so I would experiment around, you know, shop around and see what brands fit you better and then you'll know so you won't waste time going to places that the things just don't look quite right on you and not just fit but the style in general i know jane and i share a coach who used to be a huge proponent of white house black market and she would talk about um, I think she was on speed dial with them and they would kind of like call her up and say, hey, we've got a new shipment in and she was really hooked up with them. And I guess White House Black Market has become pretty boho to, in her terms. I haven't been in one lately, but she has had to change. And so she this kind of happened at the same time she was moving from California to Texas. So she was tasked with figuring out her new norm and, and where she wants to shop. I'm in the same same um, boat in that I no longer need to shop at the plus size store and, and can't shop there. And so I'm kind of like, well, but now what do I do? Like, where do I want to go? Where's my new, my new wardrobe? So I think that's something that you and I are going to do is figure that out. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be fun doing it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right. If if we have listeners who are just starting out, either they're starting their career or maybe their career has changed, or maybe there's a mom who's reentering the workforce, maybe like me, they've lost a ton of weight or gained, and they you know have to dress for the reality that they're in right now. It could be that someone is going through some medical issues that has caused them to put on weight, and, and they're, we want to dress for the body that they have now. So so what would your top suggestions be? Let's start with the guys. So we've got a guy who really is building a wardrobe, not just for interview, but every day, building that work wardrobe. Let's, let's think about our sales and marketing guys who maybe they need some mix of pretty dressy clothes and much more casual. How do they go about it? Okay. First of all, I would invest in a suit, as we talked about before either in gray or navy blue would be my suggestions because you can mix and match those colors with a lot of different colors and make sure again that it fits properly and from there 
you can build because you can always wear the slacks. Please make sure they're flat front pants. I know that in the magazines and stuff that the that pleats are coming back, but to me, a flat front pant makes a, a guy look a lot slimmer. You don't want relaxed fit. Okay, so you want it to, to fit you to a T. So then you can take from those gray slacks and the navy slacks, you can switch it up, maybe get a navy blue. If you bought the gray, get a navy blue blazer that could also be worn with the with the gray slacks and then blue shirts there's a lot of mix and match you could do with those two colors uh, blues pinstripes and this is where you can let your personality come out a little bit in terms of pinstripe or um, little dots i mean i know my husband experiments around with diff different checks mm -hmm. that kind of thing in, in terms of your shirt and also your tie you can afford to be a little adventurous with your tie and by that i again i stress you it's okay to stand out but you don't want to stick out so if you're meeting with clients or you're in an interview you don't want to wear a tie that that is the only thing that they can remember <laughs> about you so that's where i would yes. start with men and also a good um tie, shoe, and a good loafer, uh, black or cordovan, mm -hmm. something like that, or brown. Brown, mm -hmm. depending on your, your depending. suit And color. now, I mean, the guys wear navy suits with brown shoes. I know. So feel free to do that as well. And also, a good pair of khaki slack, flat front, please, <laughs> um, can go with many, many things. I used to tell my students, no Tabasco ties, no save the whales, save the children, Mickey Mouse, none of, no, 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 no of conversation ties. You don't want your tie to be the conversation. So this makes a lot of sense to me because if you've got, you know, maybe five or six shirts and five or six ties, guys are, are lucky, really, in that they can mix that up and and really people won't know they're wearing the same pants over and over again and they've they've got right. enough variety there so they're good now it's a little trickier for the women but if we've got a woman who's building a wardrobe from the ground up so to speak how how do they go about it i would use the same ideas as for the guys i would still invest in a suit in a basic color gray suit same thing gray or gray pinstripe navy blue navy blue pinstripe or something with a very um, small, maybe a small pattern to it. One basic I think you should also always have, a woman should have in her wardrobe is, is a really good pair of flat front black slack. And then from there, you can do lots of different colors with a pair of slimming black slacks. Same with a black skirt, same thing. If you are okay with showing your legs, either a pencil skirt or an A-line black skirt, you can mix and match with a lot of things. And with, uh, with women's <clears throat> pants, it's really important that they either purchase the shoes they're going to wear there so they can try them on or take the shoes to the alteration, however that's going to work out. But they need to make sure that the pants aren't too short for the shoes they want to wear with it or too long. Definitely. Yeah, take your whatever shoes you anticipate wearing to take those, um, take those with you. I know a lot of stylists will recommend that if you, for example, if you're going to buy jeans, that you buy maybe in two different lengths or you buy the same pair of jeans and have them hemmed differently so that you've got a pair of the same jeans you can wear with flats and then you can wear that same pair of jeans with a pair of heels. Right, exactly. And because with, those two don't mix. You can't right. do it with the same pair of pants. Yeah, let me talk about jeans for a minute. I always tell my clients to start with a good pair of dark wash navy denim jeans. And from there, 
and you can afford to be a little bit more adventurous because some work environments now will allow you on a casual Friday to wear jeans. You really want to have them look tailored and professional. You don't want rips. You don't want tears. You don't want frayed edges. None of that in the workplace. From there, you can wear your navy blue suit jacket with it. Mm -hmm. And then I do suggest wearing a jacket at work or a cardigan sweater Mm -hmm. or um, something like that because you really don't want to have bare arms. A lot of places it's too cold anyway, but I I just think it looks more professional if your arms are covered. So you could pair one of your suit jackets with it. And where you can really show your personality for a woman is in your blouses. And depending on what colors look best on you, you could do a dressy blouse with those jeans. You could do just a white button up Mm -hmm. and then personalize all of it with your accessories with a printed scarf, maybe a pocket square, a beautiful statement necklace, uh, long or short, depending on your neckline, a really cute necklace, a bracelet, and something like that. So that'll personalize the outfit and bring more color into it. You know, there's a lot of research that's been done around casual Fridays or casual workplaces. Some of them, it's five days a week. And the fact that it actually typically costs the employee more money to have a casual, partial casual environment because they really have to build two wardrobes. And I remember when I was working at a university in Columbus, Georgia, um, I, I this is so clear in my mind and it's it's more than 20 years ago, but I had met with the recruiters from one of our primary employers from the university. It was a Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I had been asked by my secretary to put in a good word for her daughter who was applying for a promotion at Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I didn't know this this daughter really at all. I knew her in passing, but but I said that I would do that. And so I'm meeting with these two recruiters and I and I mentioned this girl and that you know, she's applied. I think it was actually a job in human resources that she wanted. And I saw the look that passed between the two recruiters. And I said, okay, wait a minute. I said, I don't, I don't know her well. I'm, her mother is my secretary. What's going on? I see something going on. And they proceeded to tell me that when she, when they would have casual Friday, she would come in in torn and frayed jeans and an oversized t-shirt that was stained and dirty and she would sit in the break room with her legs up on a chair eating her break her breakfast or lunch or whatever it was and smack she would smack gum and that was what they were that was the look that passed between them and I thought it was fascinating that it didn't have anything to do with her work performance we didn't even talk about I don't know whether she was a good employee or not but she'd made a very negative impression on those casual days. So I think that that's sort of a lesson. It, it's not an excuse to come in looking like you just, you know, got home from party in the night before. No, and you, I mean, what the image you want to portray is smart, successful, put together, not, you know, stick out because that affects how people think about you. I mean, it, whether it has no effect on your work or not, I mean, you may be the smartest person in the office, but if you wear an outfit like, like what you're describing, it just takes away from you know, how people perceive you. And I think a lot of people will say, oh, you know, we have casual Friday or casual whatever, and we don't see clients on those days. But the fact of the matter is it's very hard to completely avoid seeing clients. They come in unexpectedly or you get a call and you you have to go meet one at lunch on a Friday unexpectedly, and you don't want to be embarrassed or hesitant to take the 
you know, to take the call, to take the lunch meeting because of how you're dressed that day. Definitely. And I think when you're dressed nicely instead of sloppily, it even affects how you do your work. And in today's day's work environment, you know, you're taking conference calls, you're doing Skype meetings and Zoom meetings, and, and you want to be prepared at all times to look good, and but also to be yourself. You want to be authentic to who you are, but you also want to maintain an air of professionalism all the time. And there is an intersection there. there. I think a lot of people perceive that to dress like I need to dress for work, it has to be completely separate from who I really am, and that's just not true. And it's not true, and it'll come through. It it, it will come through. If if you have a, you know, you're putting on an act of professionalism at the office, and then you go home, and you know, you're a complete sit around and sweatpants kind of a person that it creates friction in who you are and really affects the rest of your life in terms of your success whether it's with relationships or at work your career or your personal relationship when you dress nicely and when you care about how you look then that facilitates um, relationships at the office and also in your personal life. So I understand that you have something specifically for women um, on your website called the Closet Gold Mine. So tell us about what that is and how they can get it. Okay. So the one that I have on my website is the top 10 items that every smart, savvy woman should have in her closet. Lisa doesn't know this, but I've developed one for men as well. Yay. So it is not out on my website yet, so it'll be out there soon. So how you can get that is if you log into my website, which is janespringer.com, right there on the front page, it has a place for you to enter your name and your email, and then that top 10 list, and actually there's more than 10, there's a few bonus ones on there that will help you build your closet from the ground up and make sure that you have all the basics that you would need for personal life and in your professional life. Great. So it's janespringer.com, J-A-N-E-S-P-R-I-N-G-E-R.com. And so if listeners want to reach out to you for more assistance, they can go to that site as well? Yes. There is a place there where you can click on to have a 20-minute consultation with me. I'm happy to do that. And also, if you want to reach me directly, you can send me an email, jane at janespringer.com. Jane at janespringer.com. So any final parting words for the listener? I just think it's important that you try and mesh who you are as a person, your authenticity of who you are with professionalism on the job. And so I think that you are the most successful when you're able to marry those two together. And also in terms of people that you're talking to, a lot of sales and marketing people, that you want to dress as your prospective clients dress. Mm -hmm. So it may be an investment in your wardrobe right now, but the return on investment may be double, triple of what you put into in terms of uh, the wardrobe, the basics that you um, invested in. Definitely make sure that you get those basics and that you dress like the clients you would like to have. Kind of mirroring them. Mirroring them. People relate to you better. Definitely. And you want to come across as successful. You don't want to come across as needy and salesy. 
You just want to, and when you have on a really nice outfit, you exude confidence. That in turn will have the client, prospective client, have more confidence in your abilities if you come across exactly. that way. Exactly. I think it's the same thing I, as you were saying that I was thinking of, you know, if you're supposedly this successful real estate salesperson and you show up to a, a call with a, you know, you're going to show a home to a client and you're in a, you know, a Yugo, um, <laughs> that's going to say volumes about the success that you really had. And so the clothing is just another way of looking at that. This is, this is, I'm successful. This is who I am. And while we're on the subjects of vehicles, I mean, <laughs> I'm not telling you that you should go buy an expensive car, but how you maintain your car, if you're meeting someone somewhere and you're going to be outside talking on the, at the, on the sidewalk or whatever, if your car is dirty, and it, you know, has bird stuff on it or, you know, like it's just not well maintained. That is another reflection of you. And Good your, point. Your... I'm, I'm guilty. I'm so guilty. My car is an exception to my... Uh... Well, you never know. You may have had lunch with someone and then you're walking out together and then you're standing by your vehicles. And if you've got your car full of uh, papers and, and messy things and it's messy on the outside then the person may think, hmm, you know, yeah. like she portrayed this in the in the meeting, but here is how she really, really is. is. Okay. Bear and, that in mind. In my defense, my car is not messy. It's just not frequently clean. Right. And when and now, <laughs> see, when we're all working out of our homes, you know, it's not the first thing you would think of is to go get your car washed before you go to a meeting because we're, we're a lot of us are working out of our home offices. So just, you know, when you're dressing to go out to have lunch with this prospective client, make sure, you know, all aspects of you and you, um, who you are, are spiffed up, I should say. I think that goes with things like, you know, your hair being cut and your, one of my pet peeves is having dirty glasses. So I'm looking mm. at someone and I can barely see them because they're, and I'm like, how can you see anything mm-hmm. out of those glasses or yeah, just we have, those kinds of things? Yeah, we haven't even talked about grooming. I mean, because that's just a, a, for taken for granted. But I mean, you want to make sure your hair is neat. You have some lipstick on. You've taken some. Guys, don't, you don't have to wear no, lipstick. No, I'm getting dudes. to the guys in a minute. <laughs> but make sure that, um, that, that you have groomed yourself and, and don't look messy in that regard. And the guys, you know, just make sure your hair is, is trimmed. You know, it, you look neat, that your tie is straight. You know, those little things make a big difference. And you've, sure you know, do. shaved or, you know, that you that you have done some proper grooming. Because people will remember that for sure. That is, yes, they will. So, janespringer.com, you can get her special closet gold mine for women and soon to come. Do you have any idea when that'll be up? Within the next two weeks. <gasps> oh, yay. So, guys, you can get your, your, is it going to be the same kind of thing, like a top indispensable thing? Yes, that, exactly. Okay. It'll be 10 plus. 10 plus. All right. So, you can get that at janespringer.com. And if you want to reach out to Jane, her email address is jane at janespringer.com. This has been a blast, Jane. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. It's been fun. I'm glad you came and stood in my closet with me. It's been a pleasure to stand in the closet. (laughs) Y'all have a great week, and I'll talk with you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.